Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 5, Shooting Star, American in Paris. Mary, what happened this week? Hot Steve summer is still happening, and the shorts are short. Steve hears music coming from David's cabana and doesn't hate it. He also doesn't believe that David is singing on his own demo tape. David gives Steve a copy of his demo, hoping Steve's mom can use her industry connections to make things happen. Steve finally listens to David's tape, and he likes it. He pretends to not like it as much as he does, so he can try to be David's manager for a cut of the money. David talks him down to 10% and says he has to come through in two weeks or no deal. Cameron flies a kite on the beach and runs into a man who is clearly a veteran and also potentially homeless, which does not necessarily make him scary or nice. He's just a guy without a house. The man mentions to Brandon that it's hard to get a shower on the road, and Brandon tries to give him money. The man says he didn't ask for that. Brooke from volleyball is still in town for some reason. Brandon challenges her to a rollerblading race, having clearly forgotten what happened last time he raced with a girl. Brooke spews endless negative opinions about homeless people. Brandon calls her elitist and she agrees. Brandon and Brooke go rollerblading again and see the homeless vet again. And Brandon just can't believe that some people live that way. The next day, we learn the man's name is Jack Canner, and he was a Marine Reserve who came back from Desert Storm to realize he didn't have a house, a wife, his kids, or a house anymore. Or a job. That was one of those words. Brandon is mad that he, or that the U.S. doesn't take care of its veterans. Brandon talks to Henry to see if he can help Jack get a job at the beach club. Apparently, Henry was also a Marine and for some reason doesn't feel like this situation is going to work out. Brooke voices even more judgmental shit about homeless people, and for some reason, Brandon still likes her. He also says he's the nicest guy in America. Sure. Brandon brings Brooke home for dinner, and she tells Cindy and Jim he's got a homeless man, a job interview, and they are both so proud. Jim talks shit about Brenda. Jack doesn't show up to his interview, and Brandon goes to look for him instead of doing his job. All he finds is a different homeless guy with a similar hat, so he drinks a lemonade sadly and then makes out with Brooke some more to make himself feel better. Andrea appears to let them know Cameron has gone missing from beach camp. Five seconds later, we learn he just went to the bathroom but didn't tell anyone. Donna finally goes shopping in Paris and buys so many things. An American boy named Rick, who is very cute, approaches Brenda in a park and assumes she's French. Brenda pretends to be French to satisfy his fantasy of meeting the perfect French girl. Basically, he wants her to show him the sights and also fall in love with him. She's way more down than she should be. Brenda decides not to drop her terrible accent and smokes more cigarettes because that's what French people do. She agrees to show Rick around Paris for the whole next day. When she leaves the hotel, Dylan calls for her and Donna is left in the uncomfortable position of not exactly lying to cover for Brenda but also definitely lying. Brenda has fun on her tour and just lets Rick fall for her. She lets him take her to dinner, and then she teaches him how to do a French double cheek kiss, but also a French mouth kiss. Brenda returns to her hotel at 2 in the morning, and Donna scolds her, because Donna totally didn't do the same thing like a week ago. Brenda stands up for Rick for their third day hanging out, but then he shows up at her immersion program's goodbye party. Donna runs interference for her so Brenda can keep pretending to be French for Rick. He tries to convince her to go backpacking with him on the Riviera. Brendan, er, Brenda risks missing the bus to go to the airport to try to say goodbye to Rick. Uh, she doesn't get to say goodbye. 
Dylan tries to talk to Kelly, who has been ignoring him since they, quote-unquote, met up in her beach cabana. She tries to pretend she didn't kiss Dylan because Brenda's coming home in a few days. She says it didn't mean anything anyway. Later, Kelly goes to Dylan's house to apologize and says that their kiss did mean something, but she doesn't want it to interfere with, quote-unquote, real life. Dylan says this is real life and kisses her again and, uh, what the fuck? Dylan and Kelly go jet skiing and make out some more. Dylan rubs aloe on Kelly's back and invites her to go camping with him alone. She says no, but then they kiss again and David walks in on them. David tells Kelly he won't tell Brenda and she promises not to tell Donna about Nikki with two Ks. Dylan tries one last time to get Kelly to go camping and Kelly says no. Dylan goes camping alone, but then Kelly shows up with pizza and they snuggle by a fire. It it makes me so mad. Like, ugh. Okay, first of all, I do want to say, like, the reason that we might sound weird is because we're trying to remote record. Yep. Yep. I just want to go ahead and get that out. And now I want to talk about how much I hated everything. (laughs) Yeah, this was a really frustrating episode from a lot of standpoints. Like, so much of this didn't need to be here. There is no point in having the deaf kid go to the bathroom and not tell anybody. Well, and also what happens is, like, Andrea decides to lick his ice cream. I don't know if you guys got that. (laughs) It's just so inappropriate. Yeah, I just don't get the point. I don't get the point. Like, I understand that you're trying to include, I guess, another character for the time being at the beach. But, like, I don't get it. Well, and it's like, so they had at the beginning when Andrea and Brandon take everybody to go fly kites and the homeless man is on the beach. Um, What was his name? Jack Canner. Jack. Okay. So Jack is on the beach and, God, I didn't write anybody's names down. I just (laughs) called him Deaf Boy. Oh, God. You're just as bad as Brooke. I am. Oh, my God. She made me so mad. Yeah, Brooke sucks. So, like. Yeah, so they take everyone to go, you know, fly these kites, and then the kid runs into Jack, and Andrea gets so upset about that, and that could literally have just been, like, just the kite flying could have been the only thing that that kid needed to be in the show for. Oh, totally. Like, they just didn't need to have this extra stuff at the end where Andrea runs up and is like, I lost him, and Brandon's like, he's right behind you. Yeah, like, like there literally was- literally right there. There was no point in having that scene at all, like- it didn't do anything except show, oh, just a reminder, the kid's super deaf and Andrea's super worried. The kid is super deaf. <laughs> As opposed to just a little bit deaf. Yeah. Right? Like, come on. And then, like... <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm really surprised that, like, because we had the Cameron scene, we didn't also have Jay or Peter Krause, just randomly, like, pop his head out and be like, hey, I'm still here, too. Like, how funny would that have been? Just to add all the unnecessary stuff back into this episode. Just to walk in, like, I just want him to, like, walk behind Cameron on this. Like, he doesn't even just say anything. He just walks past. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, (laughs) what? But, yeah, and then, like, Steve didn't need to be in this episode either. Yeah, no. None of, I... I understand they're trying to keep up the whole, like, David wants to have a music career and look at him, you know, mixing beats in the cabana and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel Steve was barely in this episode. And don't get me wrong, I loved it because Hot Steve Summer is my jam. Yeah, it's in full force. But, like, like, 
there was no point to him because, yeah, he walks in and is like, you're lying. You didn't actually sing this. And then later he basically says the same thing. And then later he says the same thing again. Like, mm-hmm. that's all he was here for is just to walk around in short shorts and show off his abs. Yeah, it's just Steve trying to convince himself, no, that's not David. Wait, is that David? No, I can't be David. Wait, it is David. I like this. No, I don't. I love it. No, I don't. Kelly, do you like it? No. Oh, good. Me neither. Just kidding. I love it. Can I be your manager? That's the Steve plot. Well, and yeah, like, I I have to hope that some of this pays off later with whole, the whole David being like, well, you have to find me something or you're fired, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's be real. David's negotiating skills were actually pretty good this episode because not only does he basically blackmail Kelly, he also negotiates Steve down to only a 10% management fee. And then you have to find me a gig in two weeks. Like maybe he should be in sales. I mean, to be fair, Steve's negotiation skills were garbage. <laughs> yeah, true. And, like, Kelly had literally no, like, to stand on. Like, this did work out for both of them. But, yeah, when he brought up Nikki, I was like, oh, my God, I forgot everyone cheated this summer. Oh, yeah. This is this is hot Steve summer and let's cheat summer. Like, yeah, I, I mean, Donna's probably the only one that's in a relationship that didn't cheat and she was even, like, in a position to do it. Oh, totally. Totally. Like, Oh my Donna, God, everyone. Donna's like the only good person in this show anymore. <laughs> so I had this on in the living room this morning and like John didn't say anything when I put it on. He was playing Animal Crossing, you know, whatever. And then every now and then he would just like perk up with his little comments. So I have them in here and he does have one about Donna. Oh, good. Yeah. Um. But that's we're not going to get there yet, because first I did. I have a really early John comment because after Jack, like after the kid runs into him while he's flying the kite, Jack is like, oh, man, it's really hard to get a shower. Cough, cough. And Brandon tries to give him money. And he's like, bitch, I didn't ask for money, mm-hmm. which just made me love Jack. <laughs> yeah, because that's like the stereotype, right? Like. The stereotype is that all homeless people want is money so that they can go, you know, do whatever with it. And so Brandon jugs of wine. Yeah. And like Brandon is basically feeding into the stereotype. And Jack is literally like, no, dude, I asked for a shower, not money. And yeah, I felt like this whole episode, at least in this plot, was basically Brandon, Brooke, well, really just Brandon and Brooke feeding into, well, and Henry for that matter, feeding into like the homeless boomer stereotype and Jack and um, Jim and Cindy basically being like, no, it doesn't have to be like this. Like you don't have to think that way. Literally he could just want a shower and just an opportunity because he doesn't have the same kind of opportunity after coming back from the war that you guys did or do. And I think it's fine to help people. Well, and I love the idea that, like, yeah, he didn't show up for the job interview in the end. Like, what the hell was this? Yeah, exactly. What was the point? This there was no absolutely point. no sense. Yeah, yeah, there was no point to anything. Because, yeah, this the next scene when Brooke shows up it was my first John comment. Because, you know, she comes up in that little, like, singlet and her rollerblades. And John mm-hmm. goes, why is she wearing wrist guards, elbow guards, and no helmet? Yeah, she was, like, padded up, minus yeah, a helmet. She's, 
literally covered head to toe except for head. And he was just yeah. like, this is not safe. <laughs> What's happening here? And it's like, I mean, granted, there was like that pathway or whatever. But like if she tripped and like fell into the sand, you, she would just fall flat on her face. So you would think like out of everything, her face or, or her head should have been covered. And like your elbows and knees would have been fine. Because think about it. People like play beach volleyball. She plays beach volleyball and like dives <laughs> on the sand like all the time. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. No, none of it made any sense. And she's rude as hell. Oh, she's the worst. I don't like her at all. I honestly expected Brandon to break up with her this episode. And when he didn't, I was very confused. I I know. Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, the only thing I could think of was, like, first of all, Brandon calls her elitist, like Mary said in the synopsis, and she basically agrees. And then she's athletic, so that makes sense for Brandon because he is, like, super wannabe athletic, so... Probably if he has a girlfriend who is also athletic, that just furthers his whole like, oh, yeah, I'm super athletic. Look at my girlfriend. But then she's also like fitting in with the family. I mean, not because she's elitist, but she just she's not Emily. Basically, she's like the antithesis of Emily. And so Mm. it makes sense. But it also doesn't make sense from a Brandon perspective, because like he does like literally at the at the dinner He's, like, talking about how he's, like, proud about helping the homeless guy or, or Jack. He has a name. And Brenda is also that way because of that whole, like, I guess they come from this family who just likes to help people and we're good people. And he makes that comment about how he's the nicest guy in America, which he's not, but he says it. So it really doesn't make sense for Brandon to be with Brooke. And Brooke just sucks. Well, and so that was something that I was thinking of, of, like, both Brandon and Brenda are talking to other like Midwestern people in the show. And they're trying to talk about, you know, how the Walsh's have this Midwestern value in LA, but then you've got Brooke who is from down the street from them in Minnesota. And now she's just like, ugh, homeless people. It's not safe here. Yeah. I wish this was a private beach. Yeah. That's, that's not a good look. No, I just thought it was really interesting. Cause like, Every time they're like, oh, yeah, well, you guys are from the Midwest. You have tools in your garage and your parents are together. Yeah. Like it was I just thought of it when they were having dinner. And, yeah, she's like talking to their to Jim and Cindy and Jim and Cindy are like, oh, we're so glad that you're here. And we get to talk about being back home and blah, blah, blah. Like, y'all are still thinking about Minnesota and, like, potentially wanting to go back. Like, this is season three. Get over it. <laughs> You're not going back. Yeah. Stop trying to make Minnesota happen. It's, it's not, not going happen. to happen. <laughs> Ugh. I also don't like then, how Brooke called them, like, transients. Like, that was a really, I don't know, it just, everything Brooke said just sounded like it was dripping and just disgust. Yeah, it, and put a bad taste in my mouth every time. And then, like, she would just be all over Brandon. And he was just like, well, I don't agree with your morals, but let's make out. Oh, yeah, because at the end of the day, like, all Brandon wants is someone to sleep with him. That's all he wants. He's the horniest member of. I, I used to think it was Steve. And maybe it is, but he actually calls it what it is. Whereas Brandon tries to wrap it into, like, relationships and, like, serial monogamy. That's the thing, is I really think that Steve knows what he is and is totally cool with it and like mm-hmm. I do think he wants a girlfriend like I think if he went into monogamy he'd be totally cool with it oh for but sure yeah, like Brandon says he's all these things but then like a pretty girl walks by and he drops everything exactly and he like starts like, defending them and like becoming like 
even kind of adopting some of the things that they like while still having that card in his back pocket saying, oh, I can play my moral high ground at any time. I'm just going to follow along with this until you do something that is just way off the radar or something like that. Yeah, because I mean, even when Jack doesn't show up for the interview and Brandon's like super bummed about it later sitting at the bar. She just comes and kisses him a little bit. And she's like, is that better? And he's like, well, let's go up to my parents' cabana and make sure I'm fully recovered. Ew. It was <laughs> so gross. Oh, God, I hated it. And then, yeah, I love that they were talking about like the Midwestern values with Brandon wanting to like help a homeless man get a job. And like Brenda's technically already helped a quote unquote homeless man that ended up being incredibly rich she brought the stray dog home she made them take in dylan when he didn't have anybody else yeah i mean i guess like you could say well for sure brenda she's got a big heart like she just wants everybody to be happy and like set and in a good spot and i feel like brandon could have a good heart like i genuinely think deep down he probably does he just also thinks that it's his job to like fix everything and he wants the credit. So it's like Brenda does these things because she actually does have a big heart. And I think Brandon does it for the praise or like for the notoriety or whatever. So like, what did you think about the scene when he goes to tell Jack that he has the interview and I think he like calls him a hero or something. And Jack is like, well, I'm not You're like, yeah, I'm so heroic. And Brandon's like, you weren't in desert storm. Yeah. Um, it just, that, it kind of, again, solidifies that, like, he doesn't really have a great heart because he's, like, I think what Brandon was trying to do is, like, oh, you told me you're an army hero or a Marine uh, and you were, like, on the front lines or whatever. And if I help you, knowing that you used to be just this, some, like, badass army guy or Marine guy, then I'm going to look even better because I uncovered this, like, diamond in the rough kind of deal. But then if he finds out, like, wait a minute, he's not exactly what Brandon like had in his mind he's like oh what like are you serious you lied to me like you're the worst like you know what I mean then he kind of loses all semblance of well I should still help this person regardless of who he is or who he says he is whereas Brenda I feel like would help them regardless yeah no I completely agree because I felt like Brandon did not pick up on the sarcasm there like I don't know, maybe this is one of those times where he just had, like, a really bad line read where the guy was like, oh, yeah, I'm so heroic. And I think Brandon maybe should have just been like, wait, you weren't in Desert Storm? Rather than just, like, throwing down his bicycle and screaming or whatever he did. (laughs) Well, we all know that Jason Priestley can make one single line of dialogue go from, like, zero to ten on the anger scale super quickly. Like that's one thing Jason Priestley has like excelled at is just being angry for no reason. When I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, Brandon, like (laughs) relax. That's how I always feel about Brandon. Seriously. And I mean, really like that's the whole Brandon story. Like Jack doesn't show up to his interview. Brandon's bummed about it. Henry's not surprised. Brooke makes out with him and then that's it. Yeah. Literally, that's that's literally it. I almost was like waiting for Brandon to like somehow make it back to the peach pit to maybe like get him a job with Nat or something. But I don't know. It just seems like a really like lean plot. I did love that he was like, well, I got friends. I'll help get you a job. And then he just turned around and went to his own job and was like, can I have this? (laughs) 
Oh my god. I I don't know why I expected him yeah to go anywhere else, but whatever. But yeah, I mean that's basically the Brandon story. Oh, I I'm not ready to talk about Dylan and Kelly yet. Okay, so do you want to talk about Brendan? Brent, uh, Brendan. Oh, God. <laughs> Brenda. Yeah, I guess let's talk about Brenda. Because in that first scene, she has such a cute little market bag with her fake groceries in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Donna has, like, comp- all the shopping bags ever. Oh, my God. I love that. She's just, like, she came with so much stuff already, and mm-hmm. she's buying so much more. But I love that Brenda was like, oh, I can't go shopping anymore. My wallet. Da-da-da. And she's got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> she had a baguette, which costs one, well, it costs a euro now. I assume it costs one franc when they were francs. Right. Or probably even less. Probably. I can't, I don't know. And then, like, she decides that she's just going to go sit outside because that's free. And then she <laughs> runs into Dean Kane from Wisconsin. And my goodness, is Dean Kane attractive? Like, Mary said it the other day, and I was like, yeah, he is super hot, but holy moly prettiest boy ever to be on this show right those eyes just everything (laughs) no my Uh, note says damn okay dean kane yeah (laughs) like he kind of to me looked a little bit like mario lopez like how mario lopez looks now not ac slater mario lopez but like current mario lopez i can kind of see that yeah, I think I can see that. I think it's just the okay. tan, like dark features, like super good smile. Like you can tell it's he's so like sort of. Sh- yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I fell hard for Dean Kane in this episode. Yeah, 10 out of 10 would pretend to be French for. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Oh my God, but her French accent. Oh, it's so bad. I could not, I actually could not understand her at all. And I didn't have subtitles on. So I just was like, well, I hope Mary and Caitlin know what happened. <laughs> I threw them on just to like make sure. No, she was just dumb. It was so, so bad. Bad. And I love that she was like, oh, my name is Brenda. And he's like, <laughs> Brenda, is that a French name? Like, <laughs> what is happening here? We also say French. <laughs> yeah. I also think, like, have you guys seen um, The Room with yeah. Tommy Wiseau? That's what her accent reminded me of. Like, Oh, hi, Mark. And oh, like, my God. And she's like... I did not. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, I didn't. Oh, my God. Like, okay, you're the oh female Tom, Tommy Wiseau. But, like, where's the lie? Right? It was so bad. And, like, she was so bad at covering up these lies. She was like, oh, I know where your hotel is. It's right by my ho- apartment. Place where I why leave. Why couldn't you just say my home? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and I just don't understand why you have to do the accent. Because yeah, like, he mentions wanting to transfer to UCLA, so we know he's going to show up again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't wait for that. I can't wait until he shows up in LA and just. Isn't this plot like redone in um, the Mary Kate Nashley movie Passport to Paris? Like, isn't one of them really actually American and not? Parisian? I don't remember. I thought they were both American and they just got to go to France and all I remember about that movie is them eating French food and spitting it out. (laughs) Of course. God, no wonder, like, the stereotype is that Americans are stupid. Hold on. Let me go to IMDb. I have to look up Passport to Paris. (laughs) God, I miss Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. That was one of my favorites, for sure. 
I think I like I can distinctly remember having like a top three because I really liked Passport to Paris. Mm-hmm. I liked Switching Goals. Oh, and switching Goals. What was I the liked, London um, one? That one was Winning London or something like that? Yes. That sounds I right. I loved that movie. I liked the one that was in um, Australia. Um, Our Lips Are Sealed. Um, yes. Yeah, Our Lips Are Sealed. They also had When in Rome. They had um, Island in the Sun, and that one was in the Bahamas. I loved Holiday that one, too. Holiday in the Sun. Oh, Holiday yes. in the Sun. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's got that whole... Island in the Sun was on the soundtrack. Oh, that's right. That's right. God, I'm getting oh. distracted just looking at their... IMDb. Billboard Dad was also very good. Oh, I love oh, Billboard, Billboard Dad. Dad. <laughs> okay, Are those on so, Disney Plus? Because I would watch those today. I don't know if those were because like they owned that stuff. It was like their yeah, company, that's all right? Dual Star. Oh, you're right. Yeah, and then like when they came on TV, they were always on Fox Family. Oh, that's right. So I don't know if we could even watch any of that again. I have a feeling that like that stuff is just like not streaming anywhere. Like Amazon says I can rent it for $3.99. It might be on Hulu. Basically, you can rent all of them. Double Double Toil and Trouble, New York Minute, How the West Was Fun. Oh my (laughs) god. That movie. That's like my childhood. Do y'all think there's a Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen watch party podcast? I don't think so. I have nothing to do with my life now that I'm in quarantine. Let's start seven more podcasts. Yeah, seriously. We've been talking about them. Now is the time. Let's just do it. Yes. I want to watch all of the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies again. Please give me a reason. (laughs) (laughs) I'll look into it. I'll let you know. Yes. Um, But yeah, so she pretends to be French Mm -hmm. and I guess like walks him around all day or, like, takes him three metro stops, and he's just like, that wasn't nearly enough time with you. Let's get dinner together. Which, like, that's cute. I'm totally yeah. good with that. He He's super cute. Like, and I was thinking about it because I like that he's nothing like Dylan. You know, like, we're not trying – it's almost like you can't really compare them because they're both cute, but they're different cute. And, like, honestly, Dean Kane, which – okay, his name is Rick. Yeah, his name is Rick. He seems kind of more like a goody-goody, like – possibly a jock like does well in school like he just seems like a clean cut kind of preppy guy and then there's Dylan who surfs and is kind of a bad boy and a loner and he's like well read and all this kind of stuff so I do like that it shows that Brenda can be attracted to two different people and you're not having to think oh well this is just Dylan 2.0 but at the same time I of course don't condone cheating or leading someone on or anything like that. So it's complicated because I love Rick, but it's also complicated because I also love Dylan. Yeah, I was actually thinking that of like the only times you see Brenda and or Dylan cheating on each other, they have to do it at the same time Mm -hmm. because I think that like in the writer's mind maybe negates the cheating, but also both times it's been with people that are very clearly not like Dylan or like Brenda true like even in this episode when like dylan shows up and like grabs kelly and takes her uh jet skiing i was like i could see him and brenda doing this but it does make more sense that it's him and kelly doing this yeah i feel like that too yeah so like yeah i was just thinking that i was like rick is not dylan and then you know kelly is not brenda and vice versa yeah but yeah so he wants to take her out to dinner (laughs) 
And then Brenda goes inside and lights up a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. And Donna's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. I was like, this is kind of super rude. Like the very first episode where y'all got to Paris, Donna was like, ugh, cigarette smoke. Cough, cough. I hate it. It's giving me a headache. And now Brenda's just like, fuck you. I'm going to smoke in our room. Yeah, I don't care about you and your headaches. I'm going to smoke because that's what Parisians do. And I am one now because I talk, try to talk like one. Do you think she's going to keep it up when they go back to America? I could she's see totally it. totally addicted now. Yeah, I could see it for like half, you know, half a month or so, like two weeks. And, and Jim just being like, who are you, Brenda? Why did I even send you to Paris? I let you go there and you come back with this awful habit. I'm going to love it when they try to make her quit. She's <laughs> just going to get even more bitchy. That's oh my true. God. That's if they do it right, though. If they yeah. do what I expect them to, they'll be like, it's time for Brenda to quit smoking. And then she's just going to quit smoking. They're going to, like, scare her just like they did about pregnancy. They're going to scare her with, like, cancer or something. I was going to say, she's already scared of cancer. So yeah. they're not even yeah. going to have to try hard for this. That's true. And then... So the next time she sees, I just kept writing Dean Kane. I, I did never too. wrote Rick once. Yeah, I did too. The name Rick just brings up bad memories from Degrassi, though. I thought that too. I was like, I don't like this name. Can we just rename him Richard? Yeah, Richard is actually better. Just going to call him Dean Kane. Because, yeah, that's when they're at dinner. And I think Brenda even mentions like how she and Jim hate each other. Yeah, because Dean Cain's trying to get her to, like, talk about her family because, obviously, she's lying about everything, so she's not being very forthgiving with information. And so he's like, well, tell me. And then she's, like, giving, you know, a little bit into it, basically, that she and Jim don't get along because of blah, blah, blah. And he's like, let me guess, is it guy trouble? Because all girls' troubles can have is just around a guy. And she's like, uh, well, yeah, you're technically right. I love... At, I don't remember exactly when it happens, but she's like, no, I don't really date French boys. I really like American boys. Oh, I know. That was like super good flirting there. And so true because she hasn't really, I'm honestly a little surprised I didn't have her find somebody in Paris, like an actual Parisian. Yeah. Like, I feel like it would have been kind of cute if they flipped this where like she went into the park and was like looking at a guidebook and the French guy came up to her and was talking to her and was like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of going to UCLA in the fall. Maybe we'll see each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I guess it makes but, sense because, like, they had to give Brenda – she does love acting, I guess. So what better time to act when you're in a foreign country, <laughs> I guess? I just love – she does love acting, I guess. <laughs> and then, oh, my God, like, their flirting is so on point, but it's just so weird when he's like – we haven't told me anything about the French culture. Like, how do I kiss on the cheek? And she's like, well, first, you just nom on someone's face. <laughs> yeah. And then you go to the other side, and you nom on the other side of their face. And then the sexual tension just takes you to making out in public. I mean, honestly, like, okay, they do have pretty good chemistry. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I feel this. Let's go. Let's go. And then I was like, fuck, Dylan. But then, yeah, it is kind of negating because then you think about what Dylan's doing. I Oh, God, it made me so mad. All of it. She knows exactly what she's doing. She was just talking about her boy troubles. And then the whole time that Dylan and Kelly are together, they're talking about Brenda. And it just, nobody cares. Nobody cares. It makes me so mad. Yeah, and then I guess after that dinner, she gets... Brenda gets back to their hotel or whatever at like 2 a.m. And Donna's like, where have you been? 
I know this is John goes, well, she seems fun. And I was like, literally last episode, she came in at three o'clock in the morning with a contract to drop out of high school and be a model. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad Mary brought it up too. Cause I was like, I'm not the only one that sees this, right? There's like the hypocrisy is so strong. So strong. It's just all over this entire episode. That's the thing. The entire episode. And then, like, Brenda gets into bed and is essentially wearing lingerie. And I don't know if anybody else noticed that. But I was like, that is not a nightgown. No. Like, what is it with these girls? Like, Donna went to bed in a dress last week. And (laughs) this week, Brenda's just like, I'm going to sleep in a corset because that's what 16-year-olds do. (laughs) I was just going to say, they talk a little bit about, like, what's going on. And I got to be honest, I kind of didn't pay attention to this scene. Yeah, I do not care. Like, this is about the point, like, literally one of my notes that says, this was a cool waste of my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this was so dumb because, yeah, Donna's like, in 30 hours, you'll be home with the love of your life. So just, like, ignore Rick. And I also really hated that Brenda was like, he wouldn't let me leave until I said I'd go da-da-da-da-da. It's like, that's aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, I... I don't know. It's got to be like the changing of the times and whatnot, but I was like, that's not cute anymore. If some guy wouldn't let me leave until I promised to see him again, like, I feel like that's when I'm just like, well, I'm going to tell you that and then I'm literally never going to see you again. I bet that was like a Brenda excuse, though, to just be like, it's not my fault. I'm cheating on my boyfriend. That's very true. That's definitely very true. Is it the next day that they have? When did he show up at the party? Um, That was like the day they were leaving. Okay. Yeah, because there was, like, they have the party, and he shows up, and, like, all of a sudden Donna's running interference so that Brenda can keep talking to him, mm-hmm. which was weird. Oh, wait, yeah, and- this was, like, the night before they were leaving. Yeah, and they show up because um, Maggie or whoever was, like, flirting with him, and Donna's like, oh, no, I have to control this, which was hilarious. But, like, it doesn't matter if Brenda's supposed to be in a relationship, then just let the other girl flirt with him. But, I mean, I get it. I understand why. And then, yeah, they, like, go to leave the next day, and they're, like, waiting to get on the bus, and Brenda literally takes off running to go find the guy. I know. And even Donna said, which I I didn't make this my quote of the week, but I thought about it because um, Donna, and the reason I said it was just because I was so shocked by it, but Donna said that Brenda told her that if she saw him again, she wouldn't leave him. And I'm like... What kind of feelings are these? And also you have an equally cute but different cute kind of boyfriend at home. That was the thing that got me. They knew each other for like two days. He said he was in Paris for two days. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he's inviting her to go on a two-week backpacking trip with him. And she's ready to go. Oh, she's so ready to go. I don't know. Sometimes I think that Brenda is a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. I mean, we've seen her skydive. We've seen her in the army. We've seen her in a race car. We've seen her, what else are her other dreams? But like, I kind of almost feel like she's a little bit of a a high seeker. And this whole, like, I mean, granted, Dean Kane's really cute and he is really sweet. And this actually sounds like it could be a good pairing, but also just the thrill of going with somebody that you just met in Paris on a two week backpacking trip you know, leaving things at home behind or whatever, this sounds right up her alley because she's always kind of chasing that next, like, thing to, you know, give her an adrenaline rush. Yeah, I mean, I think it was totally on brand for her to want to, like, go on this grand adventure. It just, I don't know, it makes me so mad knowing that, like, 
yeah, she's literally about to get on a plane to go back and see Dylan. They're so close to being reunited and all of this being forgotten, or I guess just misplaced, but yet she's still so ready to just throw it all away. I, I, it just, again, it's the whole, like, they're trying to, like, this wouldn't be so normal if Dylan and Kelly weren't doing what they were doing back in the States. Okay, so I don't, I want to talk about, like, Dylan and Kelly all in one thing, but can we talk about when Dylan called their hotel in Paris yes. after he had been making out with her and, like, when Brenda's out, you know, hanging out with Dean Kane, like, what was the point of calling her? What exactly did he expect to get out of it? I mean, I honestly think he was feeling a little bit guilty for what he was doing with Kelly. And because at first I was like, okay, is he just trying to have his cake and eat it too? But then the way he was talking to Donna when he's like, how is she? You know, like blah, blah, blah. I think he was almost feeling guilty and kind of would have rather, like, I think he was fine with Donna saying she was gone because like, if she was miserable and just missing Dylan the whole time, then that would have like fed into his guilt even further. But so I think he was just trying to like not feel guilty about what he was doing with Kelly, but he was actually feeling guilty. Yeah. I mean, it was just like so weird to me because yeah, it's a day before they're supposed to come back. And I was like, what is, what is the point of this? Like if you're feeling guilty and you call her on her last day in Paris, like I do think he wanted her to not be there. It was so weird. I almost would have preferred this whole episode just not have the two of them talk to each other or like try and talk to each other or anything. And then next episode, when they all get back together, we have to come to terms with the fact that everyone cheated on everyone this summer. Mm -hmm. And it's going to come out and it's going to be awkward. And it's, uh, and that's the thing, like, I wonder if they're also trying to make both of them, at least in terms of Brenda and Dylan, like make both of them cheat on each other just so that we don't pick sides. Because at this point, we don't really have sides to pick. Like you both fucked up. And like, I, because it kind of cancels out, it's like, I'm not really on team Dylan and I'm not really on team Brenda. I'm just kind of like neutral because they both were bad to each other. I, I don't know. It's like a weird thing. It almost makes us not have to choose sides, which normally when somebody cheats on someone, you choose the side of the one who was cheated on. And in this case, they both cheated. I'm going to be honest, like as of now, I am on Brenda's side, if only because Dylan cheated on her with Kelly and Kelly kept telling him this was wrong. And he was like, no, we're not doing anything wrong. I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like that's my only thing right now. I feel like they're making me not care and it really sucks because I just loved this relationship for two seasons and they're just like killing it in the worst way, but Mm -hmm. in a way that makes me not give a fuck about either of them anymore. Well, yeah, because like it, it makes you not care, not even just about the fact that you loved Dylan and Brenda together, but you also, we were also loving Kelly and Brenda's friendship And even in the beginning when Kelly's like, um, I forget the exact quote, but she says like something about um, she wants to preserve her relationship with Brenda as well as Dylan's relationship with Brenda. And and at first you're like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, you already fucked up, but now you're trying to do the right thing and like stop this from going any further. And of course, Dylan's being stupid and a boy and a teenager by saying, no, 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 we're good. We're good. We're going to keep doing this. We already messed up. So let's just keep messing up, whatever. But yeah, it's, it just feels like they're throwing it all away and they're throwing away two very important friendships that we've 
kind of all talked about being as being kind of the standard for what a good relationship or what a good friendship should be. Yeah. I think if I'm on anybody's side in this whole thing, it's definitely Kelly. Like, I just cannot care about Dylan and Brenda's relationship anymore because they are obviously, they obviously don't care about it anymore either. That's true. At least, like, at least, which still, mistakes happen and people do bad things. And I don't condone cheating, but yeah, at least Kelly has been the only one to kind of say, look, we're messing something up here. And yeah, like you're tempting me and I'm giving in, but like, at least I'm the one talking about it. You haven't even said anything. Don't you even care? Like I, I, I almost wanted her to kind of blow up a little bit on Dylan and be like, why are you being so whatever about this? Like, cause she almost kind of does in the beginning. And then again, when she's like, you know, this isn't real life. We need to talk about what real life is going to be like. And he's just like, no, like I almost wanted her to blow up and be like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what, what are you doing here? What is your point? Like, I understand like you're cute and I like you and I've had a crush on you forever, but what's going on? Cause they never actually have that discussion. And I do think that's a really important point to pick up too, is that like, she's had a crush on Dylan for years. And so like, if he shows up in at the beach club and has been like flirting with her and like, you know, touching her stomach and her back while they're playing volleyball and shows up in her cabana, like with those, like come do me eyes. Like I get that. And I don't know, like, I don't know if I can be on her side because like, she still has to be aware of what she's doing. But I also agree with Mary that like, they've basically negated the entire relationship. I don't care about Brenda and Dylan's relationship if this is how they're going to treat it. Yeah, it's really, 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 really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, it all just kind of makes me a little mad, and I feel like I've wasted the last two seasons caring so much about Dilda. It's like, what do we even, like, if this is the last we get of this, what a horrible, like, taste in our mouth that we're, like, because we're always going to think of this. We're going to be like, yeah, it was great, but they cheated on each other, and they treated it, they treated this relationship like it wasn't the most important and most evolved relationship in the show. Yeah, like, just what was the point of the last two seasons of them being together if they're just going to end it like this? Mm-hmm. Well, and especially season two where they worked so hard to be together. Right. Dylan was, like, prepared to, I mean, well, I mean, like, Brenda was prepared to, like, fracture her entire family dynamic for Dylan. And she was sacrificing so much. And Dylan was, like, along for the ride and trying to do what he thought was best. Like, yeah, like, what was the point? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is there really wasn't one. Like, I really think I want to do a deep dive on Dilda. Like, I just want to talk about their relationship from start to finish. I guess technically not finished. They haven't broken up yet, but essentially they're broken up. Like, in their minds, I don't think they're as together as they think they are. I want to go through that in my own head of, like, the ups and downs of that relationship. I don't know, maybe we did romanticize it and be like, oh, well, they're endgame, but they're not. I don't know. I feel like I need to rethink my entire opinion on their relationship. (laughs) Well, that's the problem, right? Like you're taking, not you, but like the writers, they're taking something that we, we almost like fell in love with this relationship just as much as we feel like they fell in love with each other. And now they're making us reconsider everything we felt like did we have rose-colored glasses were we just on the hype train because we were told we were supposed to be or were there red flags throughout the way and now I hate that they're making us question that 
Yeah. No, I completely agree with what you just said. I guess it's time to talk about Dylan and Kelly. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of like littered, you know, little plot points here and there, but basically they're just flirting with each other the whole time and Kelly tries to say, no, we shouldn't do it. And Dylan's like, yeah, we should because we're not doing anything wrong, which they totally are. And they keep hanging out with each other despite all the reasons that they shouldn't. And they kiss like actually a lot, but apparently that's all they've done, which I guess, cool. Um yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is the majority of what I have written down about them is, you know, when Kelly says, I'm not going to let that get in the way of my relationship with my best friend or your relationship with my best friend. And then like later on when he says, we're not doing anything wrong, Kel. And it's like every single time you did do something wrong. You yeah. did let this get in the way. Cause even if you stop doing it now, you have a secret and you betrayed her trust and what you're just going to hide it. Honestly, if they had just kissed that one time in Kelly's cabana and nothing else happened and everything still happened the way it did in Paris and Brenda came home and they like all three of them sat down and was like, look, Kelly and I felt really alone. We were really missing you. We felt like we didn't really have anybody here. We did kiss once, but that's it. And nothing else happened. And there's no other feelings and nothing's going to happen. I honestly feel like Brenda would have been mad at first, but then she would have been like, okay, because like, you know, her thing still happened with Dean Kane in Paris. But I honestly feel like everything would have been fine. Like she would have gotten over it and there wouldn't be the secret. There wouldn't be any unresolved feelings. Like everything, I I honestly think things could have gone back to normal, but the fact that they kept doing stuff and they kept keeping, you know, and now that they have to keep this a secret and David's involved in like all this mess, this is not going to end well. Well, and like you saying that where you were like, oh, if, you know, Dylan and Kelly were just like, oh, we were really lonely. I feel like as soon as you said that, all I could remember was Dylan telling Brenda, if we can't last six weeks apart, you couldn't last six weeks apart. You made this big deal about it that she should go because you guys are so close to each other and you put all of this effort in. Like the reason he told her all of those things was so that her relationship with her parents could be together. And, you know, so Jim wouldn't charge him with statutory rape, which is still the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. It negates everything. If you were so lonely, call her. Right. Or right. Like, go hang out with Steve and Brandon. We barely see them together. Yeah. Like Dylan, at this point, it, it honestly makes it like, okay. I think Dylan, yeah, he could have easily just hung out with his bros. Like, he and Steve could have had time together. He could have, like, gone surfing with his surfer bros or whatever. I mean, Kelly lost two of her best friends, her two best friends, not just two of her best friends, but her two best friends for the summer. So I could understand her being a little bit more lonely, I guess. But, like, at least she's got her baby sister. And, like, she can avoid this. But I don't understand why they're just not hanging out with other people. Like, I guess, like, yeah, sure, they can find friendship in each other because they go way back, but they've got everyone else, too. Well, and, like, Steve is not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He's just he, he's just changing into new short shorts every day. He is open for friendship. Like, that's the thing. Nobody's hanging out with Steve. Poor, Poor guy. Steve. <laughs> he's so alone. Because, yeah, I mean, the last thing that really happens with them is that David sees them and Kelly like tries to talk to him about it. And he's like, no, we're totally cool. Just, you know, don't tell anybody that I cheated on my girlfriend and I won't tell anybody that you cheated. Yep. And she's like, okay. 
yeah, I don't really have anything good to say about that exchange, except that I thought it was kind of funny that David's kind of being the one that's like blackmailing and like kind of has leverage this whole episode, which is such a weird thing for David to have because he never is on the right side of things. And not that he's on the right side of things like morally, but he's just on the side where he literally has leverage. And I'm like, what is this? Again, should David become like a drug lord or like a salesperson or something? Because he he can certainly weasel his way into like good deals that work out for him. He's I mean, a psychopath. Yeah, it'll work for him when he's um, on trial for murder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the whole thing with uh, Ted Bundy, right? Like I, he, in truth, he was just a white man, but everyone was like, he's just so charismatic. That's true. But I, that's that's literally it. I have nothing else to say about this episode. Yeah, I don't think – I think my quote of the week – oh, my quote of the week was um, actually from Dean Cain, and it was when they were, like, walking um, at night. The It was, like, when he showed up to the party and Donna was running interference, and then they walked out and they, they like, went for a stroll or whatever. And they're talking, and that's when he first brings up, like, you should come with me and da-da-da-da-da. And – She's like, things are not always as how they seem and her terrible accent. And then he is all swoony and he's like, I know enough about you now to want to learn all about the rest. And I'm like, oh boy, I would go. I would do it. I love you, Dean Kane. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, I have like all these alarm bells going off in my head of like, this is how Brenda leaves to go for two weeks in the French Riviera. And then Brenda's just gone. We never hear from her again. <laughs> This is how Shannon Doherty leaves. So. I would have preferred that, actually. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. But, like, this is that, like, romantic thing that, you know, people always put in movies and TV shows. Like, in Eurotrip, where she's like, oh, yeah, I want to go to Europe because blah, blah, blah. Spend all this time on some rich man's yacht. And then everyone else is like, ew, being alone on a yacht with a man? Yeah, right? <laughs> Like, I am currently on that side of things. And Brenda's like, oh, two weeks in the French Riviera with this random. And I'm like, two weeks alone with a random? <laughs> She's also out of money, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I guess, unless you guys have anything else, would you grade the episode? I gave it a C plus for cheating. Oh, that's, a, that's real high. I mean, because... I had some points that I actually kind of liked. Um, the episode as a whole I didn't like, but I got to say, Dylan and Kelly were kind of cute. And it's easy, again, to look at it with the uh, Dilda glasses, I guess we can call them. But if there were no Brenda, Dylan and Kelly have chemistry. And then if there was no Dylan, I freaking love Dean Kane, And he was the bright, shiny, like, beautiful person in this whole episode and again maybe it would have made sense if he was with somebody that wasn't already dating somebody else but he was super cute and I want him to be around the whole show and I know he's not but yeah super cute so there's like parts that I liked so that's why I got a plus um but still a C because like hello cheating and see that's the thing so I gave it a D for Dean Kane because Dean Kane is basically the only reason I didn't give it an F like I just hated <laughs> this episode like I agree that Dylan and Kelly have chemistry, but they're cheating. And oh, then totally. everyone is agreeing to just lie to Brenda and Donna when they come back to cover their own asses. And I know that like 
these relationships are a thing. Like Donna and David are a huge relationship for this show. Dylan and Kelly are a huge relationship for this show. And it just makes me mad that this is happening. It's not fair. And also there was not enough Steve in this episode, but the little bits that he was in and his little short shorts and his like little abs Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. saved the episode. That's beautiful boy. <laughs> like, and then there is too much focus on Brandon. There was no point to having Cameron go missing to go find ice cream. Like, we get it. He runs off. That was the whole point of the first episode he was in. I don't need more of this. And homeboy freaking loves himself some ice cream. Like, it just didn't matter. You, they should just put a bell on him if they're going to do this. <laughs> like, I mean, I wouldn't it. put it past them. They're so insensitive at some point that, like... Yeah, put a bell on the deaf kid. Like, that would... Ugh. We've talked about leashing kids. Like, I don't understand why this is a problem. If he's going to walk away, put him on a leash. That's true. I'm sorry. It's it's very ridiculous of me to say that. But, like, I just... I don't care. Like, I, I don't care that they actually have a plot line for the summer episodes of Deaf Kid Walks Away. I know. Stupid. That's so stupid. Like honestly, they should have even just given more screen time to the David playing music and Steve liking it, not liking it, because at least that's something new. Would have been totally fine with that. Yeah. Because that was like David barely had a purpose in this episode too, except to walk in on Kelly and be like, okay, we're even now. Right, exactly. And I hate that. So, you know, there's that. Well, good thing is the episode's over and we don't have to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> we never have to talk about it again, except for when I have to edit this episode. Right, 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 right. Ugh. Okay. Well, what's what's next week? What do we yeah. have to look forward to? So next week we have season three, episode six, Castles in the Sand. Okay. I mean, that kind of makes me think of sandcastles in the sand. Right, exactly. No, 100%. <laughs> but I guess that's fine. Yeah, it's not I mean, be as good. we know what, it, what it's going to be. It's going to be um, Brenda, coming, Brenda and Donna coming back and probably the secret. I guarantee we're going to have like an episode of the secrets still being held and but everything's awkward. And then we're going to have another episode after that where it's like, oh, everything's revealed. And, and oh my God, there's just drama. And so there's that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to come out at some point and it's a question of, do we get one episode of Dylan and Kelly sneaking around behind her back? Do we get two episodes? Like how mm-hmm. much is that? I swear to God, Donna's never going to find out about Nikki and it's going to make me mad. I know she- because I feel like Donna is way too good for David. She's too good for David. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) I just, oh, it all makes me so mad. I hate the summer episodes. I know. They're real bad. I'm ready for them to get back in school. I know. These kids need some damn structure. (laughs) They do. Oh, and it's going to be senior year. I'm actually really excited for senior year to start. Yeah, senior year is good. I think I'm pretty sure I really like um, senior year of... Beverly Hills. So I think we're going to be good. All right. Well, we got something to look forward to, I guess. Yep. Um, and until then, we'll just keep quarantine watching episodes. That's right. We might crank out a, a bunch here. Um, so 
Um, keep on the lookout and make sure to follow us on all of our social media. We're at Back to Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And you can send us emails at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And as always, don't forget to leave us five-star views and ratings on iTunes because that really helps us in everything. Yeah, and make sure to tell your friends. I mean, while you're sitting at home being quarantined, why don't you just pop on the podcast and do a little date with your friends? That could be cute, like a little Netflix party, but with podcasts, make a little podcast party. It's like that meme of like, it's like me listening to podcasts and it's just like a kid with a bowl of ice cream next to a picture of two people. (laughs) Except except it'll be multiple people with ice cream in multiple places. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a backlog. We've got like 50 some odd episodes. So yeah, you're welcome. And and you've got all the time in the world now. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess until next week, Stay safe. And from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Ariel. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye.